Hi, this is the Maria in the Middle podcast, and I'm Lozelle Maria Sai. This podcast is where I explore the messy and the meaningful and everything else in the middle. Hi there, this is Lozelle. Um, it is the third episode of Maria in the Middle. I'm not sure if you can hear the air conditioning or fan in the background. If you can, I apologize in advance, but it's just one of those summer days where having the air conditioning or fan running in the background is a must. Anyway, this episode is about, and I've thought about what to talk about it, um, for this and I felt very strongly I think what what ends up feeding into what um, uh, the topics are are from things that happen during the week that sort of inspire me in one way or another and um, this wasn't deliberate at first it didn't appear like very obvious that there was a topic in there and then um, a couple minutes ago as I was making some notes about another topic, I realized I'd had an experience um, last week that led to this particular topic about friendships. And last week I had to meet with um, my real estate attorney and um, we had a relatively long meter meeting that has nothing to do with friendships, but um, it actually it, it probably does relate to it because my attorney I consider a, a pretty good friend of mine um, well as attorneys go but anyway um, and what happened was I took I whenever I have to go into downtown Hartford I prefer to take an Uber or a Lyft rather than drive my car in so that I don't have to deal with parking it just seems like whenever I go into downtown, um, you know, parking is always a hassle, even though I'm pretty good at getting parking, but um, the, it's just so much more convenient having somebody pick you up and drop you off and not having to deal with traffic. So I got there um, in the morning, the meeting was about two and a half hours. We also had lunch and on the way back i um took another uber back home and um interestingly enough i'm always fascinated about the people who um pick me up and i'm just naturally um start to converse with them because i i am just that kind of a person i like to get to know people and although it's not a long ride um i i just i'm not comfortable just sitting there in silence unless i was meditating or studying something or something like that usually i like to converse and so it turns out that the person who picked me up um i believe his name was mark or marcus and um he had a little um car you know like a nissan Sentra or maxima or something like that you know nice car and he was young and i was he, i was sort of surprised because up until this point, um, anytime I took an Uber or a Lyft, they, people were around my age. So this kid, you could tell he was a kid. He was probably in his 20s. And um, so we, we just, you know, he, we just started talking and I could tell he had a bit of an accent. And he had that, like, 
young person's like, yeah, I just got up and hey, man, you know, kind of feel about him. His hair was sort of tousled and, you know, he was playing with his phone while he was driving. You know, a lot of those like characteristics of a younger generation, I'd say, but really nice kid. And so I got out of him. He was very difficult to uh, he didn't open up right away, which sort of surprised me because a lot of well, if he if, if I, he was like typical New Englander from Connecticut, that wouldn't surprise me. But even them on a one on one, especially if it's like, um, you know, uh, uh, an Uber driver, they will they, they love to talk. You know, I, I think it just passes the time. But he was a little bit more. Um, it wasn't that he wasn't um, um, interested in conversing. I think he just was like kind of into the task like let me pick you up let me drop you off and so um the ride from downtown to my house is about 15 20 minutes depending on traffic and so in that like within the first five minutes i figured out from the conversation that he was young um that he was in school and that he was not originally from connecticut or even in the u.s and so this kind of like intrigued me and the more we talked we were about a quarter there to my house i found out he's from argentina um and he got a scholarship to one of the universities here in connecticut and he's doing uber on the side to make some money and so we were talking a little bit about how i'm originally from california how he's very i was like you're so lucky you're, you know, that you're doing this when you're young. It's amazing that you're moving from, you know, um, a, uh, a different country. And in, in fact, to, to even go further back, the person who dropped me off that morning was a really nice gentleman who was not, a, he was younger than me, but he was originally from Germany, I believe. No, his, no, we were talking, he's originally from um, his family is from, um, uh, Norway. Um, no, I'm sorry. Sorry. Amsterdam, like in Holland. And, um, not exactly in Amsterdam, but there, his parents live in Holland. And we were talking about if you could live in one place in the world, where would it be? And his would be Germany because he's originally from Germany. Like he's in that Northern European area, but he was, um, um, African-American, gentleman but he had like a French accent which I just found really fascinating so I could tell right away he was not originally from Connecticut and we had a really nice conversation so going back to the guy who was dropping me back home and I th believe his name is Mark Marcus Mark um, he, he he I got out him that he's from Argentina and and um, you know, he seemed sort of shy about it. And I, I was like, no, this is amazing. This is good for you. You know, travel. He, he was, he had some, um, uh, he was like, oh, so you're from California. He had some interest in what the West Coast would be like. And he did say, um, you know, in the short ride that eventually when he's um, done with uh, school, that he either wants to move back to Argentina or maybe move out west because he could already tell that um, socially he was not comfortable or not a, a, a not and I t totally relate to this you know I'm not I'm not um, ragging on um, people in New England but they're they're 
they're um, very aloof. But that's another topic another time. Anyway, so this gentleman was like, oh, so what's the West Coast like? So we had this really interesting conversation. And on top of that, I asked him what his major was at university. And he said it was sociology. And from that, we went, I went on to the topic of when I was in college at UCLA and that one of my friends, Carol, who's still one of my really good friends from California, was a sociology major. And that one of the things I, one of my memories that I loved so much was when Carol would come home after a class and she would share with me some of the new things she would learn from one of her sociology classes. It was always fascinating, certainly much more fascinating than what I was studying, which was like Shakespeare and Beowulf. And, you know, I was an English literature major, but her stuff seemed much more on point and it seemed, you know, it was much more about society and how relationships and and one of the things that she came home with one time that I will forever remember because I think about it all the time is that she said in one of her class that when we're born, we're born with a certain um, and I was talking to Marcus, the Uber driver about this, and he said he's familiar with this theory. So that made me even more excited. But let me let me talk about this shortly. And I hope I'm getting some of it right is that we're born with a set of like, if you think of concentric circles, that when we're born, we have a, a number set of circles around us. And one circle would be like family. Another one would be um, uh, our friends. And then another one would be, um, I'm, I'm not sure, coworkers. So there'd be like categories of these circles. And we're kind of in the middle of that circle. and and the way concentric circles work is they will overlap. And so someone who's our family can also be our friend and someone who's our coworker could also be our friend. So they would sort of overlap. But the fascinating thing about these circles is that these circles move as we, you know, go on with life as we age. And there are people who will enter these circles from, you know, other people's circles around us and some will stay there forever and some like, you know, family tends to be there forever until, you know, people die um, or even if they move away, they're still part of your life. So there's people who always remain in that circle, but there's people who are not permanent. They will come into the circle for a really long time. And then suddenly they'll they'll be gone. They'll go into someone else's circle. And then there's some people who kind of hover, you know, or they're always there, but they're kind of like further away from from you, but they're still in the circle. And I just found this fascinating because one, it's visual and I tend to be visual and I could definitely see if I drew circles around me, you know, here's my family, here's my friends, here were the people like in high school who were there, here's the people from like college, here's people from law school, here's people from work, you know, from this job, from this job. And it's sort of like you could see this progression of the circle and who has been in the circle and who's, been, who's left and who are still there. And so I kind of wanted to talk about a few of those people in that circle, obvious ones being my family and my sisters and my mother and my cousins. And so that hasn't changed. Like 
I used to be very close with my cousins when we were growing up, when we were kids. Um, but, you know, as we got older, although they're still in my circle, I barely see them now, but I know they're still there. You know, some of them are even like my friends on Facebook. Um, but I haven't seen like, for instance, my cousin Julius, my cousin um, Ramel, my cousin Rowena. Like I have not seen a lot of my cousins in a really long time. I mean, I would say almost 20 years because the last time I probably have seen them was when I left uh, for Connecticut. My cousin Romel had a little party at his house and we were all there. And, you know, there have been things in the last couple of years, like my mom's birthday party in 2003, where I could have seen like some of my cousins, but not all of them were there. Like my cousin, I believe Darwin was there, but my cousin Julius and Jason were not. And my cousins from the like Rowena and Rosita weren't. So I haven't seen a lot of them for many, many years. And, but yet they're still part of my circle. I have aunts that I haven't seen in a long time. Like I have an aunt Tess who's in Seattle up in um, Washington state who um, is definitely my aunt, but I can't remember the last time I saw her. And then there's like my sisters who I maybe see a couple times a year because we're now in different states, but I text and talk to or chat with pretty often. And I do a podcast with them at least once a week. So, um, yeah, so my family, definitely the circle is still there. Um, the people who have left the circle are people who have died. And those would be my grandparents and, of course, my pets. I have been very lucky in that I still have both my parents. I still have my siblings. And I still have uh, the cousins that I grew up with. You know, we're still all around for right now. So, um, so that's family. Now, friends, you know, I have friends. For some reason, I was just thinking about my prom a couple days ago. I don't even know why that came into my head. That's the way my mind works. But from high school, there is like nobody that I keep in contact with. And yet through like the, you know, it's a digital age. You could probably find a couple of them on Facebook. But there's only one friend that I have who, um, who I've still in contact with from when I was in middle school and her name is Ginny O and Jin and I used to know her as Jin but she goes by Ginny now. Jin and I met when we were both in the sixth grade and that's technically middle school. Back then it was still elementary I think or maybe I'm sorry junior high for us and it was was it seventh grade I'm sorry it was seventh grade not sixth grade and she was like my goofy uh, Korean best friend. <laughs> and I cannot believe that she and I are still in contact. And even when I left California, she eventually like in college, she was starting to go to USC and I was at UCLA. And then she and her family moved to Chicago and she was in Chicago for many years. And then she recently just moved back to California, I would say in the last 10 years. And I'm still out in Connecticut. So, but we're Facebook friends. I can't remember the last time I saw her. I really can't. It's been a couple years. It's been like at least 20 years. Um, but she and I are still in contact. She now has a son. And we've gotten, you know, it's like we, we're visible to each other. So she's still in my circle. And as far as I'm concerned, 
having someone that you know from the seventh grade, I think that's pretty, you know, amazing considering I'm going to be 50 this year. Okay. So, and then a couple weeks ago, she ran into our English teacher and I have thought 101 times about Mrs. Zilberberg. That was her name. Elizabeth Zilberberg, I believe was her name. She goes by another name now. Um, but like these people do, they, they come back into the circle and then they'll maybe leave again, but they're somewhere, they're like in the peripheral, maybe close to it, you know, or if you think of it like as, um, I do think of it as like everyone around them has these circles and the circles are close to each other. Like my sister has circles around her that may overlap with some of mine because we shared some of the people from that we knew when we were all in school, the three of us. You know, like Jerry, my little sister, has a friend, Gloria, who I knew and who was in my circle. But, you know, she was Jerry's friend. And the same goes for Fatima. She had friends and I had friends that we shared. And so, um, but Jin O, Ginny O, is one of my oldest friends and we are still in contact. Now, in college, amazingly, I do still in keep in contact with one person and that's my friend Carol who was the one sharing the stories about her sociology classes. And Carol's just one of these amazing people. She, she and I are Facebook friends, but she and I wrote letters for a really long time together. She was a big, um, she's always been very creative. She was um, a, just an amazing friend when we were in college. And she came out here to visit me once um, in Connecticut with another one of uh, her friends from high school. And, you know, we're not as close as we used to be, but I do know that if I needed to call Carol, I could, you know, she, um, she's just one of those people that still remains in my circle. And she's also like friends with my friend, my sisters. She knows Jerry and she knows Fatima because we've known each other for so long. Like she went to Fatima's wedding. Um, she knows Jerry from when Jerry like would visit me in college Carol had moved out of the apartment by that time, but like, you just, you know, we have been in each other's lives. I've known her parents. Both her parents are now deceased. She knows my parents, my mother, and she knows my family. And, and I'm ha lucky to have her, you know, still in the circle. And then there's law school. I, you know, these go in, tr in terms of the phases in my life. So from junior high, it's Ginny. And then from college, it's Carol. And then from law school, I have two friends that I definitely still can keep in contact with as sporadically as it is. And that would be Yvonne, my friend Yvonne, who I used to, we used to call each other BFs before anyone heard of the term BFF. I don't know where we came up with that. I think I have no idea, but I remember this was like, we were in law school in the early nineties, like 92 graduated. I graduated in 96. She graduated in 95 and we were calling each other BFs way back when, you know, and Yvonne is just one of those, again, amazing people who's still in my circle. She's now a practicing attorney, as is George. George is one of those people <laughs> and George is like uh, sort of flits about, but he still definitely keeps in contact with Yvonne and they know each other through me. And they see each other a lot more than I see either of them because they're both still in California. But yeah, I count them as among my circles. So these are like the happy topics of people who have been in my 
circle and then there's some that are you know now who are my friends here in Connecticut like my friend um, Rose who I count among one of my oldest friends here in Connecticut my friend Carmen and Manuel who I met Carmen was basically my very first friend um, when I first moved out here and so was Rose so and they're still in my circle amazingly but there were times especially with Carmen where I didn't see Carmen for years. In fact, Carmen and I just recently, Carmen and Manuel and I just recently reconnected. And there was maybe like, like it could have been 10 years almost where we kind of just didn't have much contact even though they live literally like five to 10 minutes away from my house. And we could reconnected, I would say, the universe brought us back together because they're still in my circle and they're they are one of the most amazing people in my life that I hope to always keep in my circle but I don't have that choice really I mean I can stay in contact with them but many things could happen that are beyond my control um, where people can go in and out of these circles and this is why I keep talking about these circles <laughs> and then there's people who um, like Rose who have been there all along and then there were people and maybe this is where this is going down it's gonna get a little uncomfortable where there were people who were in my circle for a long time and we're not talking about relationships here we're talking about friendships who I thought would be in my circle of friends um, either forever or for a really long time and who are not. And I kind of want to touch on those. Not spend too much time on it because I, it's a little bit sad. But the reason I wanted to talk about it was because it's as revealing, I think, as the happy stories of the people who are still in my circle. So um, let's see. I talked about Carmen Emmanuel and how we lost touch, but they're back. And... We are now very good about checking in with each other a lot more. But I'm kind of one of those people that I like to spend a lot of time by myself. I, you know, some people can call it isolating. I call it like just doing my own thing. I'm a Virgo and we like a lot of alone time, I think. And I'm much more comfortable doing stuff on my own. And I, people, some people think I'm an extrovert. Some, I think I'm an introvert, believe it or not, because... Um, having a lot of people around me does take out a, a lot of energy for me and it's one of the reasons I've discovered why there's some people who are no longer in my friends who used to be my friends and then there's just some people who I think naturally um, gravitate towards certain types of personalities anyway so I discussed um, Carmen Emmanuel but there was I will mention two different other people in this podcast because it's important for me to again distinguish uh, uh, um, distinguish among the people who have been in you know in my sphere of French friends uh, for a long time and then for those who I thought would be there for a while and are not and you know there's some obvious ones like my your best friend from like high school there was a girl who was my really good friend Lisa who I, for some reason, just thought we were always going to be friends. And then she and I had a big blow up when we were both in law school. She was at a different law school. And it had to do with just a bunch of stuff. You know, it wasn't even about our friendship. But I think it sort of just ran its course. And, you know, she was one of those, like, uh, Carol knows her. We were all roommates in college. 
but I knew her from high school. But she's one of those people that I thought I would always like be in contact with. Our families knew each other, but now, you know, I always, you know, hope she's doing well, but I have absolutely no contact with her at all. I think about her mother often because her mother was almost like a surrogate mother to me. She was very kind. And her mother was one of those older moms. She was like 40 when she had Lisa. So right now she'd be almost 90 years old. And I, I think of Rhea a lot. And I, I'll sometimes Google just to make sure she's still around and with us. But anyway, I don't want to get in, I don't want to get drawn off too far off topic. So one of the people I wanted to talk about was my my and I, I don't know. I, I kind of thought, do I name names? Do I talk about people, um, you know, at some point? But I think it just makes it more real. There, there was a girl who was a friend of mine for a really long time who knew um, who became my friend right around the same time my friend Rose and I became friends. So we're talking like uh, after 9-11. I base everything on after 9-11. So I bought the ho my house in that same year, 2001. So we're talking about, um, you know, 15, 16 years ago, around that time frame. And Chris and I naturally, like, gravitated towards each other. She was... She had a dry sense of humor, born and raised in Connecticut. I really liked her. We traveled together, um, and that takes a lot for me to be traveling with somebody. Uh, Chris and I went abroad together. We went to um, uh, uh, Portugal and Spain, and um, Chris and I talked a lot. We would talk on the phone. We helped each other out. I really considered her a really, really good friend. We were really close, and for some reason, we, like, lost touch. And, I mean, I remember still talking to her in 2007, and, you know, um, she was getting ready to go to another vacation or trip, and I remember spending a summer with her when we would go to, um, like, we would be bored, and we'd just go, hey, you want to go shopping? She was one of those kind of friends where I could just literally call her up, she would call me up and we would go out and do something. But she's no longer my friend. And I think what happened was, and I, I do remember, and it's a bit painful for me to talk about, but I remember calling my older sister Fatima about it. And I remember calling my other friend Rose about it. Um, we lost touch because I just simply stopped calling her and she did the same. And I think it wasn't like we had a fight. It was just like we just stopped calling each other. But I know that I stopped calling her because um, she and I went somewhere. We went to a bookstore in um, somewhere in Western Massachusetts. And we had a day together where, you know, it was just an outing. Um, I picked her up and then we went to Massachusetts. I dropped her off. And um, one of the things that she said upset me and it hurt me and I didn't confront her at the time because I didn't realize how much it hurt me until the day ended and you know it's not important what she said it's not even important why it hurt me I just remember thinking wow like we're really close and she said something that just hurt and I just didn't think it was worth bringing up again I just realized that that level of hurt wasn't like it just wasn't worth it to talk about and um, and then I realized that from having a conversation with my friend Rose that this was a part of Chris's personality that I just 
it's not that I overlooked it. I've always known she had sort of an edge, but that um, it was just something I, I guess that I just, you know, I'm not here to bash anybody, but she, she had basically, she had said that when she first met me, she was like wowed by like, wow, this girl like has her own house. She's so cool. She has this boyfriend who works, you know, like she met the guy I was going out with. Like it, she basically said when she first met me, she loved how I had my, sh it appeared that I had my shit together. And that's why she wanted to be friends with me. She just was like, I was in awe of you. I thought you were, you know, like, so like it was everything that I wanted. And she's like, and the closer we got, the more I got to know you, I realized like you were real. And it sort of like was disappointing, like that I had problems or that the boyfriend that I had wasn't like as perfect as everybody thought he was, you know, or that I would cry and I would have money problems or whatever. And it was, she said, you know, it just disappointed me. And I guess telling me that was, I guess, a nice thing to tell me, but it was the way she did it. It wasn't done so constructively. It was more like, I felt like she, I was being shamed or something. I, I'm not sure. All I know is that, again, I, I, I've always said that sometimes we don't remember what people tell us exactly but we always remember how they made us feel. And at that moment, I just felt like very ashamed and that I had opened up to someone and showed who I really was with all my vulnerabilities. And the, and the uh, reaction she had was, oh, it's disappointing that I really know who you are. And that really hurt me. And I just, I just, and it wasn't that I was angry with her. I think I was more hurt. And from, because I was so hurt, I didn't feel the need to reach out to her very quickly again. And then years passed and we just, you know, I remember one of the last things I did was I referred my trap, my um, travel agent, my real estate agent, who I really liked at the time to her because she was looking for a house. And I know she eventually bought a house. And I think she and, and my real estate agent were getting along and they were became, becoming friends. And she thanked me because I knew they would have a lot in common. Um, but I lost touch with her and she's one of those people that is no longer there. And I actually, I have to admit, like, I always, one of those people, I know she's still around. If I, you know, looked her up, I could probably find her, but I'm one of those people that thinks that if I saw her again, I would definitely say hello and be very cordial and smile, but I'm not in a rush to develop like another friendship with her because it, it, it felt draining to me in retrospect. You know, I felt I, f and maybe it was my own issues. Maybe it was my own like, um, lack of compassion for myself, the way I like to think about it. Um, but she was a really good friend when we were friends. Like she was always there ready to help me, but I felt that she was also very critical and judging me, um, when I'm already critical and judging myself. So that's one person who's no longer in my life. And that doesn't mean I'm angry or even sad about it. I just thought it was fascinating. And then I'll end on this with one, one more. And it won't be as sad or won't be as, as long as the other one. But I have, I met this woman from when I worked at the MDC. I worked um, at the MDC, which is our, the Metropolitan um, District uh, Commission. And it's the, um, Basically, it's the, the water and sewage uh, uh, company for a bunch of towns that got together, and my town being one of them. And I left 
um, the job I had in aerospace and I decided to go into the public sector because I thought, you know, it'd be easier for me. I would have a normal life. I could, you know, it wouldn't be as demanding as the job I had. But anyway, I met this woman there. She and I hit it off right away, as usual. She's, she has a fantastic personality. And again, she and I, it's back, she and Chris are the same sign now that I think about it. They're both Pisces, as is my best friend, Yvonne, and my best friend's Yvonne, also Pisces. Um, and her name is Sally, and Sally's just a really good person. Like, Sally's just one of those very caring people, and I, she and I were friends. She was, she was, you know, when I was sick, when I had got cancer, she was very supportive and she and I socialized a lot after that. You know, uh, when I got better, you know, we always went out to lunch, went out to dinner. We would commiserate about work together. But I would say in the last mm, year, I haven't had any contact with Sally. And I know she's upset about it. She's reached out to some of our um, mutual friends to say, hey, why isn't Lizelle like calling me back? What's going on? And the reason why, and as much as I, I really like Sally, um, it, it, and it, it just kind of came down to this. As much as I really like her, and I know she's an amazing person, and she has an incredibly good heart, and I, she's one of those people that if she called me and she said she was in trouble, I would rush to her aid because I just, I, I, I love her. She's still my friend. But it just came down to this. Every time I saw Sally... Every time I spent time with Sally, as much as I love her and, and having fun, I just felt completely depleted, like emotionally depleted. And I couldn't figure out why. And, and then at some point, I just stopped figuring out why. I just said, well, it's not right that I feel, you know, sad or almost depressed. And it wasn't because she's depressing me. It's just like there are certain people that do take up a lot of energy and Sally, I think, naturally does that from what I gather from other people who have been around her, like my friend Carl, who also works at the MDC. Like, you know, I'm not the only person who has said that, it's, except that for me, for a long time, hanging out with Sally sort of outweighed, like the fun I had with her outweighed that, you know, sort of emotional drain that I felt afterwards. And in the last year, because I've been so emotionally drained by so many other things, I just stopped conversing with her and stopped reaching out because I just, I, I, I wanted to take care of myself. That's what it came down to. And it wasn't like she was bad for me or anything. It's just that I really needed to reserve my energy for me. And it got to the point that when she was reaching out to my friend Zoma and my friend Carl about why I wasn't contacting with contacting her anymore I realized like just to talk to her and explain this would be like emotionally draining for me and I just didn't I just couldn't do it you know and I thought about writing her an email I thought about calling her but I was like no it's just gonna it's gonna continually drain me because she's just one of those people that she just is she's just one of those people and it's almost like to be kind to myself to, you know, it's sort of like, it's not mutually exclusive. Like I can't be kind to her and kind to myself at the same time. But if I had to balance those and sort of like say to myself, you know, you don't need that draining drain right now. Um, I've cut off contact with Sally. And at some point, you know, 
hopefully we could be friends again. I, I, I want to email her at some point and tell her she's like, you know, that I miss her. But I'm always wary of the emotional drain of having certain people around my life. And I've had to learn that the hard way. You know, it's not just Sally. And in fact, Sally wasn't the major drain for me in the last year. It was another person. And I think having that person no longer in my life has given me sort of the um, the energy to kind of look at the people in my life and say, who do I want in my life? Who do I not want? And it's not... It's not me judging who's good or bad. It's it's me saying who um, in the years that I have left, you know, um, do I see myself really having um, benefiting in some way and then them benefiting me where it's mutually beneficial friendship. And although these years we have, you know, tools like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and whatever where we can have, quote, friends. I think having real friends that you go to dinner with, that you do, you know, have a coffee with, talk on the phone with, um, you know, write a letter to, those are the friends that I notice um, not only do I spend a lot more time with them, you know, the little time that I do socialize, but not only do I um, appreciate the time that I spend with them, but they're much more meaningful as a result because it's not just an electronic thumbs up or whatever. And that's not to say that I don't, you know, leave voicemails for Yvonne or give her a thumbs up on her Facebook post. It's just that we have a history together that sustains that relationship. And, and that's not always a, a guarantee because I have relationships that I have had a history that suddenly ended as well. So on that note, I do want to say that the people that are currently in my circle, I absolutely love and adore, and I wouldn't want to name each and every one of them because I want to respect everybody's privacy, but that as my circles get smaller and smaller and they start to overlap more and more, the more I absolutely adore the people that are there and especially those who have been there for the whole time. So... That's it for me this time. That's episode three. I look forward again to episode four. I want to thank everybody for listening and for leaving good reviews. I saw one good review and it just lit me up. And so thanks for listening. I hope you continue to listen and I hope you subscribe. Bye bye.